Even if I don't get to say everything I want to say here, let me just say some things. <clears throat> we have entered into another phase. I said to you that, that um, 2021 was not a line of demarcation from 2020. You know, a number of believers have said, I'm glad that 2020 is over. I'm saying, well, what's that? You know, because that's not a line of demarcation for the saints of God. We're going to go through much, but we have to know who our help is. And, and if you have been receiving, you will walk through it. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I didn't say you will waltz through it. <laughs> so you will walk through it. And, but if you've been listening and receiving, you're going to get through. Don't worry about it. And, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to know your God and, in, a, in a more intimate way. I want you to really draw closer and not, not just in some religious manner. I want you to draw closer in relationship with him. Um, I told you last week that, that God was doing some amazing things and, and that he is rewarding, rewarding the diligent seeker. And I want us all to be diligent seekers. And I, I'm, I'm going to lead the way. Um, I, I ought to. I, I would not want to, to be in an army where my leaders say, y'all go fight. I, I wouldn't want that. And so I want you to know that, that we are committed in, in this house to do some things. Sister Martha made a comment to me. And Sister Martha, can you just approach me and, and I'll tell her what you said, if you can say it loudly enough, but come closer so they can, this will pick you up. No, you read it. You tell me what, what, you, what God gave you. The Lord said to Gideon, all of those who lap water with their tongues, put to the side, all those who kneel down and drink, putting their hands to their mouths shall be put to the other side. The number of those that lap was 300, but all the rest of the troops knelt down to drink water. The Spirit of the Lord said to me on both services, I am looking, I am judging your response. So Jesus is looking at our response to what's going on right now in this very moment to see those that are demarcation for those that do and those that don't. Wow. Brothers and sisters, that's amazing. I thought that was a word worthy of us hearing that God is judging our response. And so you and I want to make sure we're doing the right thing. This, for me, this is everything. My, my life in Jesus is everything. It's not one thing or um, a bit of a thing. It's everything. And I want us all to feel the same way. I want us all to be the same way. And so I would not be a, a true pastor if it were okay with me if you fail. Now, I'll be honest with you, when I pour in and pour in and pour in to some people and they leak, they got, a hole, got holes in their bucket. Now, sometimes it gets exasperating. I'm thinking, how much do I have to do to show you I love you? How much do I have to do to, to show you I'm willing to do whatever and go through whatever to teach you the truth and bring the truth to you? Why are you running away? Why do you do this or that? I, I, I feel sometimes tired about that, but I can't quit. Because if I quit... You know, then that is an unclear picture of God, an unclear picture of Jesus Christ. And you can't quit either. You know, don't be that person who runs away. Do you know what? Every time you run away, you've got to, you have to start again. 
I mean, and, and it, could I just be, be myself for a minute? You know, I, I, I don't want to be too tough with y'all, but, you know, that's kind of nutty. <laughs> you know, for somebody to, to, to you know, every time you, you're growing God, you're growing God, you get right here and you quit. Then you got to start all over. You're growing God, you get right there again, you quit. What is that? What's all that wasted effort for? But as believers, we need to focus on Jesus entirely, doing everything he says, doing everything he wants, and stop making it about yourself. You know, stop, stop always feeling like me and you, you, like, like God is somehow uh, requiring something of you that's not fair. Or, you know, you look around you and you think, oh, everybody's doing so good. Look at me. Well, they may not be doing as well as you think. Yeah. I remember seeing some football players a number of years ago. These guys were, were just amazing. And they had great notoriety, but they're dead. They're, they're dead. They're dead. One died in his 20s. One died in his 40s. Uh, and no matter how great they were, they died young. You know, so I'm glad that that wasn't me. I, I'm really glad. So I'm glad that I'm running my race. Just run your race and run your, your race well and know that you can distinguish yourself by running your race well. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. The Lord is doing great things among us. We have to acknowledge that. We must know that. Um, as I said to uh, the second service, that the Lord is performing great miracles in the midst of us. I mean, amazing miracles in the midst of us. Miracles that if most ministries had those, ministry, those miracles, they would be advertising them, sending out pamphlets, trying to raise money from them. <laughs> it's the truth. Anybody been, been around a while? It's the truth. And, but we have not done that. And the Lord performed just even, uh, just very, very recently, uh, the latter part of last week, Friday, a tremendous miracle again. And so I'm not telling you, but you're going to find out next week if you come to church or if you watch online. <laughs> yes, you'll find out. I don't want to steal the person's story. So much to say and so much to comment on. But I would like to say that our young people here and our people who are new in the faith, Jesus Christ is worth it. Amen. You may say worth what? Whatever it is to you. Jesus Christ is worth it. So whatever you have to go through, whatever you have to do, Jesus is worth it. And you are a part of something that is amazingly miraculous. Not only here um, in this particular location in Corpus Christi, but around the world. Jesus is doing things through your effort, your giving, your faithfulness that are almost unheard of in this generation, if not altogether. He is doing amazing things. And we want you to know that you're a part of something great, something bigger than yourselves. It, wouldn't you like to be a part of something that's bigger than you? I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. Uh, one of our brothers in the Lord gave us a word. Uh, it was while I was overseas, I'd asked him to come, and he came. And um, this, brother, this brother said, gave you a word while I was gone, that the Lord told him, and he is very prophetic. I've known him for many years. He said, the Lord is going to cause you to be like the ant that can pick up 10 times its weight. And, and uh, you may say, well, what's that about? Guys, you got to walk with Jesus a while. I, I love those kinds of things. I mean, see, having Christ in your life is not a, 
of to, is to, he is not rather to be your crisis manager. He's not there as your crisis manager. He is there for a relationship with you. And can you imagine you have a relationship with God? Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine? If you have no imagination, you should write, pray right now, God, give me some imagination. Come on. You're a, you're a, you have a relationship with God. Do you think that's common? You know, that's, a, that's, that's like mind-blowing, mind-boggling. You got a relationship with God, and some of you are just so smug, that's no big deal to you. I mean, I'm, I'm being straight up. I'm being pastor. You know, sometimes you just have to pastor. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, really, some, some people are saying, well, the 1230 service gets my best messages, but now you're going to get my best pastoring. <laughs> All right. I absolutely love you. And... Uh, um, one of my, my granddaughters said to me, Pastor, when you, I mean, no, she said, Papa, Papa, when you come, come off those, those trips, uh, you always do your best preaching when you come off, your, off those, those trips. And uh, I was thinking that when I come off a fast, I do my best pastoring. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So thank you so much for your attention, and let me just go right through these. I'm going to give it to you a little quickly, and whenever I do that, always, I've told you, I'll come back. So that means that next Sunday, if I do have somebody to preach, I will be preaching the 1230 service because I won't give you all in this little, little package, this little time I have left. But I want to talk to you today because... You are important to me, but more so, you are important to God. When I say you are important to me, that means I pray for you all the time. All the time. I'm asking God to do things for you. And, and listen, this is not a personal boast, but I fast and pray for you. Yeah, I do. I fast and pray for you. And, and, and again, I want to just come against anybody who thinks I have a gift for it. <laughs> I don't have a gift for that, but I fast and pray for you. I want you to be the best, uh, best congregation that God has in his body. You know, wouldn't it be amazing? I want that. You say, well, I don't have to be. Well, you, you must belong to another congregation. This congregation, I want us to be the best one. Hallelujah. Right, the best. I want us to be the most obedient, the most obedient people that God has. The, the people who are quick to say, Lord, he says, whom shall I go and who will, whom shall I send and who will go for us? I want you to be first. Send me, send me. I want you to be like that. I don't want you to wait to see who else will go before you raise your hand. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going to get into the message in about a millisecond or so. A preacher millisecond. But I did see my our brother Kevin. I'm saying, boy, I am so grateful to see you. And I praise God for you. And I praise God for your overcoming. I praise God for your wife being there and wanting us to pray for you and, and waiting for you to overcome. There's nothing like a good wife, is it? Uh, I know you'd shake your head. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's talk about the story continuing. When, when these messages come, these messages come for your edification. Uh, edificat. In, in English, we, know, we ought to know what it means if we've gone to church. Edification to build up. Edificar to build up. Edificacion. Uh, the act of building up, gracias. Edificio, the building itself. I love Spanish for that reason. I love Spanish for that reason. And I love, I love it when my Spanish speakers will help me out when I get out there on the limb. But some of y'all who look at me like, what are you going to do now? I'm not coming to your house for dinner. 
So th this story continues, and God is building up his body, and he is building you up for a time such as this, such as the time we're living in. This is a crazy time, and I am not ignoring it. I don't want you to think I'm ignoring it. I think it's crazy, and if you want to explain to me like I don't know what's going on, uh, the reason for all this stuff, keep it to yourself. I don't believe it. There is no good reason, there's no godly reason for what is going on in our country except the word that the Lord gave me number, numbers of years ago, more than a decade ago, that anarchy was going to be a, a big problem in the earth. And if you don't see the things that are going on in our nation and other nations as the anarchy, uh, I don't think that you are a heretic necessarily, but you are very wrong. You're very wrong. You know, it's anarchy. It, it's, not, it's not patriotism, it's anarchy. And, and it, but I think it's not, God's word is not about the anarchist. It's about you. Amen. It's about me. It's about those people who are watching. It, it's about us. It's about us. It's not, a, it's not about con the Constitution. It's about us. How will we respond to all of the craziness around us? Will we join it? Or will we stand in correction of it and in defiance of it? That's what God wants. And so, in this story, my, my subject is the story continues. That is, this Christmas story continues, part three. But the works of Christ continue. Uh, the last uh, week I spoke about the works of Christ, uh, uh, and they, they continue through us. Jesus didn't come to, to shore up rebellion. He didn't come to shore up craziness and insurrection. He didn't come, up, he didn't come to shore up uh, 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 anarchist. He didn't come for that. So, so as a Christian, if you are, you're trying to support that, you are wrong. You're wrong. But he came so his work would continue. And he brought a body so his work could continue through the body. He says in, in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, prepare a body and I'll do your work. So God the Father prepared a body. He came and did the work. And Jesus, going back to heaven, prepared a body 10 days after he got back to heaven. Send the Holy Spirit for a body. Jesus is not here to be our bellboy. He is here to work through a body. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 6, verses 24 through 29, the, right, the scripture reads, When the people saw, therefore, that Jesus was not there, he, where he had performed this great miracle of feeding uh, 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 thousands of people, uh, more than maybe 20,000 people, he had fed them with two fish and five little loaves, not five Mrs. Baird's loaves, loaves. It wasn't that. It wasn't Miss Baird's or H-E-B. It was that. It's little Lowe's. Yeah, a boy's lunch. You know, we got some boys that can eat. So they gave him two little fish. We gave him five loaves of bread to kind of fill him up. Five loaves, two fish. Fed more than 20,000. The Bible says 5,000. We're talking about 5,000 men. If every man brought his wife, that's 10,000. If everybody had a couple of kids, 20,000. But during those days, they, were, they didn't pr practice birth control. So it's a lot of people. This is what God wants to do, but he wants his work to continue. So it says when they found out he wasn't there, nor they couldn't find his disciples, 
They also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. They were seeking Jesus, but not for the right reason. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi or teacher, when did you come here? You know, sometimes people are insincere and we don't seem to know it. Jesus knows it and Jesus has equipped us to know it, not to give us the spirit of suspicion. Some people have a suspicious spirit and they think that they have a gift of the spirit. But Jesus wasn't suspicious, but, they, but Jesus has equipped you to discern, to know. So he, he knew what, what was going on. And uh, he, now notice how Jesus answers them. Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly I say to you, you seek me. He didn't deny that they were seeking him. You seek me, not because you saw the signs or the miraculous signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. You sought me for the wrong reason. You sought me because you have a personal agenda. Maybe you just want to be healed. Maybe you just want God to give you a financial blessing. Maybe you just want God to give you a husband or a wife. Or maybe you're just serving God because now you've got a sickness. You, the doctor said there's nothing we can do, so now you seek him. Some people are like the, the nine leprous men in the scriptures. Uh, ten leprous men in Samaria, I mean, ten leprous men came to Jesus, wanted to be healed, and Jesus told them, go your way, show yourself to the priest. And so one of these guys, they were obviously Jewish men, and there was, happened to be a Samaritan in the middle. It's like, like, it's like saying there were church folks, and there was one sinner. And so they're on the way, you know, to, 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 to go, tell the, go show the priest, because you have to show the priest, and then give an offering for your healing you know, so that the priest can declare that you are healed. And so, so they're going, and this sinner or Samaritan is looking, ah! The, 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 now, the Jew, Jewish believers, the folks, they kept going, like church folks. But the sinner came back and said, he came back and falling down before Jesus said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I, I will not live in, in this world unless sinners have more fidelity to God than me. I will not let worldly people see injustice and try to write them more than me. I will not let people in the world speak truth more than me. Hallelujah, somebody in this house. Hallelujah. Now listen what Jesus tells them. Do not labor for, for the food which perishes. See, there are a lot of people, they're churchgoers, they are laboring for things that perish. I trust that you're not like that. I don't believe that you're like that. I don't believe you could sit in this ministry and be like that. But, but so what we want to do is find the will of God and then do it. And don't let these folks who say, yes, but. Just tell them, get that out of the way, please. Listen to what he says. You, you seek me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Do not labor for the food that perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life. So what Jesus is saying is that I'm giving you something eternal. Don't trade the eternal for the temporary. Don't trade the eternal for the temporary. This is what Jesus is saying to us. Jesus is saying don't labor for the food which perishes. Which, has, which is terminal, which has a shelf life. But for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, 
because God the Father has set his seal on him. And what Jesus is saying is that he is God's seal. He is, he is God's nutrition plan for the world. And so God, Jesus is that. He has set his seal on, on, on Jesus as life giver. This is what Father's done. He has set his seal on Jesus as life giver. Brothers and sisters, you have the life giver. You have the life giver. You have the life giver. And therefore, you have the life. This is an amazing thing. So the location of eternal life, or maybe I could say the a location for the eternal life is in you. You say, well, I, know, I knew that. You know, when you, you can show me and everybody else what you know by what you do. So don't tell me you know and you don't do. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Now, let me just say to you, I'm not angry at all, but I am very passionate. I am passionate about the things of God. I can't come in here in some lackadaisical way like it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm Mr. Cool Jam or whatever that song says. But I, I'm not like that. I am very passionate. I want you to have everything that God's giving me. I told you, um, um, well, since August the 30th of, of 2020, I told you that when the, the Holy Spirit, I don't know how to explain it, when he rested on me that morning, I shouted out, I want this because the Holy Spirit rested on me in a way that I cannot remember him resting on me ever. Uh, maybe he has, and, and I, I was so unaware, but I don't think so. Because at that particular moment, August the 30th, that morning, I knew why Peter could raise the dead. I knew why Paul could raise the dead. I, I knew why they could raise the dead because that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead was now their own personal reality. They had interaction with him. They had fellowship with him. And I said, I want this. I want this. But not, I didn't stop there. I wanted it for all of you who want it. All of you who want it. Now, those who don't want it, I'm not going to force that. But for those of you who want it, I want it for you. Because it's a different kind of life. It's a different kind of living. Amen. And so, amen. Give the Lord some praise and glory. So this is the life that Jesus Christ has for each of us. This is the kind of life. And so he says... Uh, uh, what he's saying essentially is, he is your food. That means that Jesus Christ is that eternal sustenance that you need. He is eternal sustenance. Bread has a place, you know, fish and steak, all that stuff, you know, enchiladas, tacos, that good stuff. You know, all that has a shelf life. It does sustain you temporarily, but Jesus uh, sustains you eternally. And this is what he wants you to know is how wealthy he has made you, God has made you through his son, Jesus. Uh, then those people said to Jesus, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. So what Jesus is showing you that, that what God really wants to give every one of us is faith in, in the son of God. That's what he wants. 
Sometimes we go through all kinds of difficulty. We, come, we go through confusion and all of that. But we go through it not because God is some sadistic uh, entity. He wants to put us through stuff to see how well we can do No, but God is doing, he is inculcating, 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 inculcating the truth of God in you. He's already given you the truth in Jesus. Now he's inculcating. He's just pushing that in you, pushing that in you so that you will experientially know that nothing Nothing in this world can bother you. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can prevent you from the will of God and from walking out the truth of God. Absolutely nothing. You will recognize your sonship in a way that you've never recognized it before. That's what God wants from you. That's what God wants from you. Hallelujah, somebody in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so God wants us to understand how this miraculous thing works. And I'm going to read this very quickly, and then I'm going to shut it down, but I'm going to bring it back to you con mucho mas poder next week, okay? Okay, is this is good? Everybody understood me? No? Oh, you understood me. Anybody didn't understand me? Raise your hand. I'm going to say that, then that means that you need to learn more Spanish than, than the restaurant's menu. <laughs> okay, I'm finishing up. In John chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, I'll read those and we'll, be, we'll pre be pretty much done today. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly or truly, truly. When Jesus is saying that, he's giving you a guarantee that this is truth upon truth upon truth. And this can never fail. When he says most assuredly or, or verily, verily or truly, truly, when Jesus says those words. He says, then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. You have to recognize that you can do nothing of yourself. If the Son of God, whose own uh, dad was God, the eternal God, was his personal father. Orlean Lavelle is my personal father. Yahweh is Jesus' personal father. And he says, I can do nothing of myself. What about you? That means you need Jesus. And I heard one of our sisters teaching once, and she said, his name is not some talisman, you know, some magic potion where you use it as magic. His name is not that. But his name is power. His name is life. His name itself is a miracle. And you want to speak his name. You say, but I didn't see anything. Maybe you just couldn't see far enough. You can't always see behind the curtain. So you don't know what God is doing. God's working miracles that you can't even see. You say, well, I spoke to that problem estate, but you don't know what God did other than that problem in that person's life. You don't know. So you just call the name Jesus. No, listen, he says, I can do nothing of myself. Uh, son, uh, and he said, but what he sees the Father do. So he's saying, even Jesus had to stay in close proximity to the Father to see what the Father's doing. You have to stay in close proximity to God to see what he's doing. And then he says, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. Let me say this, and I'm going to take my seat. I, I, I talk a lot about my childhood because I want you to know about me first 
I don't want you to know I'm just some mouth up here. You know, yeah, I can talk about some things, but you don't know anything about the vessel. But I grew up in a Christian home, for me an amazing Christian home, mother and father. They didn't tolerate, tolerate unrighteousness. And so I, I did spend a lot of time in a little room called the back room. But I, my dad would say to me, he didn't ask me if I wanted to go, he'd say, come go with me, son. I'd have to go. We give our children too much leeway sometimes. I'd have to go, and he'd say, uh, we're going to do this job. He said, you watch me. I can remember jacking up a car, and you watch me. This is the way you stand. This is how you put the jack on it. This is the way, this is the way you stand. And we're going to jack it up a little bit, but then we're, gonna, we're not going to jack it up much. Now we're going to go over here. We're going to take the hub cap. Anybody know what a hub cap? You young people know what a hub cap? All right, super. And, and, uh, and so he would take the hub cap off, and he'd say, okay, this tool is called this and that, and we're going to take the lug nuts off, and, and we're going to break them all first, but we're not going to start taking them off. Now let's go jack up the car. Let's leave them on. We're going to go jack up the car. So he showed me what he was doing so that I could do likewise. I can change a car tire with my eyes closed. And that's what God is doing here through us. He has taken us through all these things so that we'll know how to comport ourselves in the midst of all kinds of distresses. And you will go through them unless you die before tomorrow. You're going to go through them. So this is what God wants to do. So I'm, I'm saying to all of us, let's walk through this. Let's walk through this thing. Let's observe what God is doing in the midst of us. Don't, don't be blind. Don't willingly close your eyes. Don't, don't stop up your ears. All right? Are we together? Well, I love you and I'll be back in a moment.